Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is Wednesday, December 16th. Happy Hump Day, and the Giants are just getting started this week, or actually today, for their prep against uh, the Cleveland Browns. So that game coming up Sunday, primetime football. Yay, another night game. Can you tell I'm really excited? I absolutely despise night games. But nonetheless, I will be here covering it all week. I will be there Sunday night covering it for you so that come next week, as I do every Monday, I will have reactions, notes, and whatnot. So uh, this episode today is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and substantially sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th. And again, you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. All right, folks, so on today's show, we're going to do a grab bag. So different topics, um, different little things. You never know what you're going to get in a little grab bag. And uh, we are just going to go ahead with that. Now, the first thing I want to do is um, I got some questions that came in a little late from uh, the the Twitter Tuesday. And I want to get to those because these are people that I know for a fact are uh, regular listeners to the program. And I want to make sure that their questions get answered. I don't want to hold these necessarily to next week like I normally would. Um, so let me get those answered. Um, starting with Ruben Martinez, Empire PR man. Um, he has two questions. If Jones cannot run at full speed, do you play him again or not considering that or not, considering they are behind Washington. Um, Ruben, on that one, if if Jones is not full speed, I sit him. Um, I don't know how the Giants are defining, you know, being able to protect themselves, but, you know, I, I just see this as a matter of semantics here, and, and I don't want to put him in there uh, trying to, you know, and run the risk of, God forbid, somebody really creaming him and and him getting a concussion or something worse. So me personally, I would sit him. All right, your second question, did you not see on film why the O-line was not as effective as in previous weeks? Um, yeah, actually, uh, between what I saw and what offensive line coach Dave DiGuglielmo, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> not quite there yet, but I'm getting there. Uh, what Goog said about uh, the offensive line, basically they were getting um, – some stunts and twists that I think were creating some confusion. And, you know, one of the questions I, I really wanted to ask Googs, and I didn't get a chance, unfortunately, to ask him this because, you know, he gave such really lengthy answers that were, um, you know, fantastic. Um, I wanted to ask him how much of the, the problems with the stunts and the twists this year is a result of the revolving or the rotation that they have on the offensive line 
which I would not be surprised that that has something to do with it. Uh, but like I said, he gave such lengthy answers that there was only room for so many questions, and I unfortunately didn't make the cutoff. So I'll just have to hold that question, I guess, till the following week. All right. Um, let's see. Oscar Nieves asks, how concerned do we need to be? Do we need to be able DJ not being a pocket quarterback? Okay, I think you're asking me how concerned uh, should we be if if, if uh, that. Um, hmm. Let me see if I can I I can make sense of this. How concerned do we need to be able DJ not being a pocket quarterback? Is there a path where he can learn? Okay, I think I get it. Gotcha. All right. So you're asking, is there a concern about Daniel Jones not necessarily being a pocket quarterback. Um, Oscar, he is a pocket quarterback, but he's just somebody who's mobile. He uses his legs to get around, you know. And um, I see what you're getting at. Um, but look, we're never going to have another Eli Manning, at least not in this generation, not in my lifetime probably. Um, and and the reason for that is is Eli, you know, just – he took some shots over the years. Don't let's not kid ourselves, but there were just some times when um you know, he he just got lucky. And and you're right, mobile quarterbacks usually don't age well. They make me nervous. I I don't really, you know, I'm not really fans of mobile quarterbacks, but I think if they're smart with when they take off and when they give up themselves up and whatnot, they can have a little longer shelf life. If they, if they, you know, use their heads, you know, instead of playing macho and, oh, I've got to pick up that extra down, um, you know, I think if they, they're smart about what they do out there, just, just like a, a pocket passer, uh, for that as well, you know, um, I think you'll, they'll be okay. It, you know, just my, my thought on that. Okay. There was one other question that I got via email. And I actually turned this one into an article. See, sometimes, you, guys, your questions do inspire me um, to write. Actually, a lot of times they inspire me to write. Um, it was a question submitted by somebody who signed the email, JM, about, um, in a nutshell, what does the media see that makes um, somebody think that Daniel Jones is an NFL quarterback? And I did go into an, an article of that. I went into a, an analysis and you can see that on GiantsCountry.com. It's, I think it's the headline article. And by the way, GiantsCountry.com has a brand new look um, as, as we moved over to SI.com's Fan Nation. So check that out. Um, I gave you a, a pretty lengthy um, answer there that I think, you know, hopefully will address your question as to what it is we see in the media. All right, Giant fans, we are going to take a break right now. When we come back, part two of today's grab bag. What's in store? Well, come right back with us and we'll find out. Have you tried the all new and improved Built Bar? If not, you're missing out on one of the industry's healthiest and tastiest snack treats that's loaded with protein and low on sugar. With 18 different flavors, including nut and non-nut variety, You'll enjoy healthy snacks covered in 100% chocolate that's soft and easy to chew and, most importantly, great for the health conscious. Built Bars are great for folks on the keto diet and include protein and fiber nutrients you need without the exorbitant calories. 
and use the code Locked On at checkout to save $10 off your next purchase. Visit BuiltBar.com to check out their amazing offering of flavors and put your customized box together. And don't forget, use the code Locked On at checkout to save $10 off your order. That's BuiltBar.com. Hey, New York Giant fans, this is Patricia Trainer, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. And I'm here to tell you a little bit about my new book, The Big 50, New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This book is a comprehensive collection of stories and events highlighting some of the most memorable moments in the New York Giants franchise history, including unforgettable moments like the four Super Bowls, the Eli Manning trade, the greatest game ever played, the transformation of head coach Bill Parcells, Lawrence Taylor, Harry Carson, and so many more. The book also takes you behind the scenes on some of the franchise's changing moments, such as the fumble, the passings of Wellington Mara and Bob Tisch, the final farewell of the old Giants Stadium, and so much more. Featuring 50 chapters and over 300 pages of rich storytelling and detail complete with loads of photos, this paperback will transport you back in time to the memories as they unfolded and give you a look behind the scenes at some of the men who made them happen. With a foreword written by former general manager Ernie Accorsi, the Big 50 New York Giants is a must-have for every New York Giants fan. So be sure to pick up your copy today at Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, or wherever else books are sold. And thank you for your support. Hey, welcome back, Giant fans, to Locked on Giants. Patricia Trina here with you. And again, I want to just send out some thanks to everybody. For those who haven't heard, uh, Locked on Giants was named the uh, Locked on Network's podcast of the week. Thank you so much for that, guys. That's something I had been secretly hoping for. Not that I get any extra money or anything like that. It's just kind of a bragging right things, and I, I couldn't have done it without you guys, and I really appreciate the supports, the listens. Our numbers are up, and uh, I hope you are enjoying the content. I'm doing um, what I can, and if there's something specific, you know, a topic that you're interested in, you know my line is always open, and speaking of lines, uh, hopefully next year I'm going to be able to set up a phone line so for when we do our, our Twitter Tuesdays and whatnot we'll, we'll be able to maybe have some of you call in um, at, with your questions it'll be an automated phone line and, and that's something I'm looking into so stay tuned for details on that alright segment two of our grab bag what's in store okay let's reach in here and okay we're going to talk about something uh, from the assistant coaches media availability on Tuesday and specifically something that receivers coach Tyke Tolbert had to say during his session. Um, with Tyke Tolbert, the big topic was, uh, the receivers and whether or not, you know, they were actually getting open, they were separating and, and just making it easier for the quarterbacks to find them. And, you know, Tolbert, um, he, a really good guy. I really like him. Good coach. And his response to that was, and I'm going to paraphrase here, was um, that they do get open. There are times that they don't get open. And then there are times when they get open and the ball is not thrown to them. So that's, to me, kind of saying like, uh, well, there are times I'm good on my diet, 
But if you don't see me, the, how, how do you know? You know, and I, I don't mean to make that sound like I think Tolbert is lying or exaggerating, but y- you got to look at, you know, the consistency. And I went and I checked on NFL Next Gen stats and I looked up the average separations in, in second between um, the four t- the top four receiving targets of the Giants, which includes uh, Sterling Shepard, tight end Evan Ingram, receiver Darius Slayton, and uh, receiver Golden Tate. And the best of the lot was Sterling Shepard, who had a 3.1 second average separation rate. Uh, next was Evan Ingram, 2.9, and then Darius Slayton and Golden Tate both had 2.2. Now, Again, this may be a matter of semantics. You know, I, I was looking at, at some of the other stats where some of the top receivers are averaging 5.0 and above in terms of separation, you know, average separation. All I know is the Giants do not have a legitimate number one receiver, a guy that's going to keep you up at night worrying about how you're going to deal with him. And, you know, I know there was some talk about Darius Slayton maybe developing into that number one guy. I, I, I just don't think that's that's him. You know, I, I don't want to necessarily say he can't do it, but I, I'm not so sure that his skill set is a fit for that. Because um, at the end of the day, there's a reason why guys are drafted in the first round and there's a reason why guys are drafted in the fifth round, usually. And I know sometimes, you know, you have a guy that's drafted late, Look at Tom Brady, for example, who goes on to to become, you know, like a to play like he's the first overall pick in the draft. But that's very rare. And I firmly believe, and this kind of got, ties into the questions about Daniel Jones and if he's uh, a legitimate franchise quarterback. I believe that if the Giants give him a legitimate number one receiver, preferably a tall number one receiver, a guy who can separate by more than four seconds, a guy who can uh, warrant being bracketed or, or double teamed. You know, look at the Cowboys. Um, all right, I know they're not winning, but they have Amari Cooper. They have um, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup. They have three receivers that you know can create headaches for you and the Giants don't have that pick your poison thing you know right now I don't know if it's just the scheme I don't know if it's just you know injuries you know Darius Slayton has not looked himself all year Uh, but I do know that the Giants passing game they have the fourth lowest uh, yards receiving yards of any NFL team now that might not necessarily mean anything when you consider that the Baltimore Ravens have the lowest number of receiving yards, but the Giants just, you know, when you don't have all your cylinders functioning, that leads to, you know, the, the offense just, just not scoring. And that's what we're seeing. That We're seeing a, a very sluggish offense that is not lighting things up the way we thought they would. And, uh, you know, Giants just need to address that. They need to get some speed burners in here. They didn't do that last year. You know, they tried to take a shortcut by signing three free agent receivers, um, which wasn't a bad gamble considering that, you know, the depth in the uh, in the wide receiver class 
was considered historic, that there were guys that maybe fell to the sixth or seventh round that in ordinary classes might be um, midday, you know, like third or fourth round picks. But the Giants haven't found their guys just yet, and they really do need a legitimate number one receiver. Next year, I see Golden Tate not being on this team. I think we'll see Sterling Shepard here maybe for one more year would be my guess as his salary cap number continues to rise. Uh, Slayton will definitely be here. Evan Ingram should be here, but I I could see big changes coming at the receiver position and maybe even at the tight end position down the line. So uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on for sure. All right, folks, we're going to take our final break. And when we come back, Another topic for you on this Grab Bag Wednesday. Please stay with us. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and it is a Grab Bag Wednesday. I don't know about you. I really enjoy these these uh, programs. You know, I come in and uh, I write down anywhere between three and, and ten topics that, you know, I think are timely and, and worth talking about and Sometimes I just close my eyes and I wave my pencil and wherever it lands, that's what I end up talking about. So I hope you enjoy the format. And uh, just a reminder, coming up on the Locked on Giants podcast this week, on Thursday, I will be joined by good friend Jeff Lloyd. He is the host of Locked on Browns. And when Jeff and I get together, we're a couple of Jerseyites. So when we get together uh, on on the uh, Zoom call we can talk football and we can talk football for hours. And with the Northeast scheduled to get hammered by the winter storm, there's going to be no place to go tomorrow night. So nothing better to do than to talk football. And quite frankly, there's nothing better I'd rather do than talk football. And who better to talk it with than than Jeff Lloyd of Locked on Brown. So that show is coming up on Thursday. All right. Topic number three on this grab bag Wednesday. You know, this was going to be originally a big storyline this week with the Browns coming to to town, but um, Odell Beckham Jr.'s injury kind of put a damper on it. But still, the topic is still floating around about that historical trade that the Giants made with Cleveland uh, back in the uh, 2019 offseason, trading Odell to the Cleveland Browns in exchange. They got Jabril Peppers and two draft picks which they turned into Dexter Lawrence and O'Shane Zimenez. And um, at the time when the trade was made, I know there was a lot of debate about whether the Giants got enough, uh, whether they were foolish to trade away Odell. You know, you just heard me say in the last segment how the Giants are missing out on a, um, you know, a, a legitimate number one receiver. And, um, you know, Odell certainly had that uh that label if you will he was a legitimate number one receiver but all the all the while there were some concerns if you will there were concerns that um you know Odell he had missed some pra- some playing time hamstring he had the broken ankle he had the quad issue and you know i know people are going to say well then why did the giants sign him they had to sign him in signing him, they were able to get his number down for that season, that, that one season that they had him under the new contract. I mean, obviously, yes, they took a big cap hit 
when they traded him because they, they had to eat something like $16 million. But at the time, it made sense. So, um, you know, you just kind of look back at that trade. And I just wonder out, out there, is there anybody who would who, who still thinks that that was not a good trade for the Giants, considering, you know, what they got in return and, you know, where the Odell is at this point in his career? You know, injuries are not the player's fault. I get that. But the more injuries a guy has, especially a guy who is, you know, so dependent on his legs, and the more you you start to question if he'll ever be the guy that you thought he might be. And, you know, they say it takes a while before you can judge the trade and who got the better of it. But I think it's probably fair to say that the Giants got the better uh, end of that deal, you know, with, with uh, the draft picks and with Jabril Peppers, who, by the way, is playing some of the best ball of his career. I mean, my goodness, he's if he's not like Pro Bowl level, he's pretty close to it or certainly approaching it. And uh, just really significant um, moment in Giants history because uh, it was it was it was a blockbuster trade. It's not the type of trade you see every day. Um, it, it's really like a once in a generation type of, of trade. You know, I think the last time the Giants had a trade of that magnitude, you'd have to go back to 2004 when they made the draft day trade to get Eli Manning, who, by the way, as of uh, yesterday, it, it, it marked one year ago yesterday that Eli played his final game for the Giants. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just in thinking back about that trade, uh, the Giants, they're, they're, you know, they're in good shape with it, with what they got. You know, Odell, tremendous player, tremendous talent, likable guy, but just unfortunately his act wore thin on the on the coaching staff and you know after a while that ESPN interview which everybody knows about and some other things just kind of pushed it over the edge and and you know I know there was that video that Odell made he appeared on a podcast I believe it was uh, Patrick Peterson's podcast um I, the name escapes me right now but it was Patrick Peterson and one other gentleman hosts it and I cannot remember the name of it even though I wrote about it when it came out, but Odell basically talked about how, you know, the coaching staff turned on him and, you know, he, he tried to come across as, as the innocent party. And I'm sorry, um, all, all that kind of went down. He really brought on himself because he just could not, despite his good best intentions, he could not, um, grasped the concept that it wasn't about him. He couldn't help himself but draw attention to himself. You know, the, the ESPN interview, which just sent the team over the top, and and just the little antics. It, it just was not conducive to a productive locker room. So the Giants moved on, the Browns moved on, and, you know, the, the revenge game for Odell Beckham Jr. will have to wait. Um, who knows if it'll come around with the Browns or if Odell will be with another team next year we don't know but um, yeah that was uh, one of the potential storylines that isn't going to come to fruition but as you will be able to see when my article on the uh, Cleveland Brown giant week 15 storylines posts there are a couple of other guys 
who might be looking for some revenge against the Giants, namely B.J. Goodson, the inside linebacker and fourth-round draft pick of the Giants from 2016, and Olivier Vernon, who the Giants traded as you know around the same time Odell was traded, the Giants swapping out Vernon for guard Kevin Zeitler. And oh, by the way, that trade worked out really well in the Giants' favor as well. So the Giants just getting the better of the Browns in those two deals. All right, Giant fans, that'll do it for this edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, this grab bag edition. Thank you so much for tuning in. And again, don't forget to come back tomorrow when we will have the uh, crossover show with Locked On Browns co Locked On Browns host Jeff Lloyd, and uh, we will talk to you then. Have a good one.